Hi, I'm Bailey. And I'm Heather. And Hunter's not here today, but he will be later. And this is Spookish. So my name's Heather, and my co-hosts for this podcast are Bailey, who's one of my high school besties, and then my brother Hunter, who isn't here today. So he's he's not on this episode, but he'll be in future ones. He just has a chronic condition, um, which he can tell you about if he wants next time. In the future, it'll be me, Bailey, and Hunter. Do you want to, like, introduce yourself? Yeah, I feel like I'm on a dating show now. Hi, I'm Bailey. I'm 26. I'm single. (laughs) No, yeah, I'm, like Heather said, we have been friends since high school. Um, it started because we started loving One Direction. and Fan, Fangirls. <laughs> it's been history ever since. Um, yep. I've always really, really, really liked anything scary. Horror movies is my favorite genre. I love hearing about ghost stories and creepy stories. And growing up near uh, the Navajo Reservation, hearing about things like skinwalkers was always really exciting to me. When yes. really it probably should have been freaky, but I was like, tell me everything. Yes. <laughs> so anytime I get a chance to talk about things like this, it's my favorite thing to do. So this was a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad you agreed to do it because I also, I've always liked like cryptid, whoa, cryptids and stuff like freaking Bigfoot, mm-hmm. Bigfoot, Skinwalkers, Mothman, all that. I wasn't as into like horror until like the past couple of years. Like I've always been too scared mm. of it. So I'm glad that you're here because you have like more experience in the genre. I'm a stay-at-home mom right now to a toddler and I live in Kansas with my husband. And then Hunter's my brother and he can introduce himself next time. Yeah, I guess I didn't give any personal details other than I just like horror stuff. That's the main thing you need to know. You gave your age and relationship status, actually. Oh, that's true. That is the most important thing. I'm also a teacher, which might be concerning after everything I just said and how stupid it sounds, but I promise I'm good at my job. (laughs) Yeah, she has a master's degree, so. I am a master. I'd actually like to be referred to that the rest of the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) This is spookish. And yeah, we just wanted to talk about spooky things. And if you're at all interested in that stuff, um, please subscribe. We'd appreciate it. Join us. Join us on the spooky things. Yeah, come be spookish with us. Yeah, just knowing that this this first episode is something that comes from our hometown. So it's pretty exciting to start off with that. And I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I hope I don't let you down or like anyone from our town down. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're from Snowflake. <laughs> so sorry, sorry in advance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so today we're going to be talking about an alien abduction story that is near and dear to our hearts. So if you're oh, from our hometown, you probably know what we're talking about. And if you're not from our hometown, but you're into aliens, then you're also probably familiar with this case. Um, So today we're going to do the story of Travis Walton, who is a hometown hero of ours, who lived near our (laughs) elementary school in Snowflake, Arizona. And I just wanted to say it does snow in Snowflake, Arizona. I feel like that's always... Yeah, get that out of the way. (laughs) People always ask that question. I don't know. Still to this Snowflake, day. Arizona, does it snow? Yes, does it, it does snow there? in Arizona, in the mountains. We, yes. are, we are in the White Mountain region. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, shout out to uh, Travis. I know he didn't choose to be abducted by aliens, but it's basically <laughs> the coolest thing to ever happen in Snowflake. So 
Thank you, it's Mr. True. Walton. Nothing else happened. Thank you that for your when Maverick, when Maverick and the new Maverick. <laughs> yes, <laughs> those are the two big things that happened there. Um, so today we're going to be going back to 1975 for the story, which is wild to say was like 50 years ago. Oh, I'm just letting that sink in. That's a long time ago. But oh, yeah, 70s. if you were born in the 70s, you're so old. <laughs> you're so old now. <laughs> at the time um walton was 22 years old and he was part of a logging crew near heber arizona um in the sick greaves national forest it was just a 22 year old lumberjack man <laughs> um and then on november 5th in 1975 like i said walton and his crewmates had finished work for the day and began driving home being deep in the forest, the dirt road they were on was lined with trees and other traffic was scarce when they noticed a bright light off to their right. They continued driving, curious but cautious. They assumed it was hunters or campers or some other outdoor adventurers just enjoying nature. Nearing the light, they noticed what appeared to be a saucer-shaped pale gold metallic craft hovering above a clearing. The whole clearing gave off a strange glow, as if the very air was electrically charged. The glow seemed to warp reality, making everyday objects seem sinister. They could feel that something was off. Something was dangerous. So of the seven crew members, Walton was the only one determined to investigate. He yelled that they stopped the truck. Before the truck had even stopped rolling, his door was open and he was on his way to get a closer look at the phenomenon. Yeah, he was, he was asking for it at this point. <laughs> Why mean, would he do that? He was brave, I guess. I guess. Um, Braver than he me. Said he, yeah, he said he felt he felt the need to get closer to the saucer because he wanted to be sure of what he was seeing and to be sure that the others saw it as well. Um, he later described his compulsion, quote, I was awestruck and entranced by the beauty of the thing. I thought it would take off, but it didn't. And I didn't appreciate the danger I was in. So, yeah, I guess he was just like weirdly drawn to it. None of the other dudes were, but he was like, wow, it's so pretty. <laughs> He's like, oh, but yeah, he's, he, he, multiple times, he always said that he, he just thought it would take off. He never thought he'd be able to get close to it. Interesting. He said that um, the craft emitted a high frequency sound along with low throbbing bass notes that the men could feel pulse throughout their whole bodies. So it's like really loud, <laughs> just like humming. It was a party ship. It was a party. Yeah. Aliens. This is a rave. They're just having a rave. <laughs> yeah. So... As Walton approached the craft, his crewmates shouted for him to stop, to return to the truck so they could all leave. He didn't listen to them because um, he really he was really curious until the sound from the craft suddenly became more intense. So it's just like louder. He said it um, mm. as it moved. It moved a little bit and that made it louder. Um, so that triggered Walton to jump behind a nearby log. Finally, and he finally accepted that he needed to turn back and go back to the truck. Mm. Um, so he jumped to his feet and made to run back to the truck. But in an instant, a single beam of light shot from the craft and into Walton, throwing him through the air. He landed in a crumpled heap, either unconscious or dead. His crewmates were obviously terrified. And instead of going to check on him, they drove away, um, they said, in a blind <laughs> panic. So they just they just weren't <laughs> thinking straight. I say, if I ever... Yeah got beamed <laughs> with a beam broke. of light and you ditched me 
I wouldn't it's over. <laughs> yeah. Don't it's kinda, talk to me ever again. Yeah, it's kind of messed up. But yeah, they, they were scared. I mean, they were young. They I were 22. Well, yeah. he was 22. I don't know how old the other ones were. Yeah. I probably should have looked that up. But I yeah, Travis is the important one anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no offense <laughs> to anyone else. The uh, The driver of the vehicle was Mike Rogers. He, I think, was like the head of the crew. He was like the guy in oh, charge. Okay. Um, but he was driving the truck, and then he said that they only drove down the road like a quarter mile before they stopped the truck. And they're like, "Oh, maybe we shouldn't leave him." Um, I so think they we're just kind of waited. Something. Yeah, they sat. They sat in the truck a quarter mile out, and they just watched and waited for the the craft to eventually take off. And once it flew out of sight, they got in the truck, and as quickly as they could, they made their way back to the clearing. Um, they started searching for Walton, but he was gone nowhere to be found so the crewmen were pretty freaked out um they were convinced that the beam of light killed travis and so they rushed into town to report the incident to the sheriff's office um they told the sheriff that uh, an alien spacecraft killed him with light and they were pretty suspicious of that so they were immediately considered suspects (laughs) Yeah, like, especially like, in oh. Heber. There's like hmm. there's like 50 people in Heber. Period. Yeah, they and know everyone. Being at the police station, being like, "Oh man, I wonder if anyone's going to come report another deer trampling in their yard." But then, <laughs> yeah. no, that that's crazy. Just severely underfunded, and they're like, "Yeah, aliens took this guy." Oh, God, they beamed him with light, man. It was crazy, especially during the 70s. Oh my gosh, that'd be crazy. But yeah, if I can so... go back to one significant moment in history. <laughs> That, that'd be the That's one. The one. That's it. <laughs> so for the next three days, the crew members were interviewed again and again by police. And police dispatched cadaver dogs, search parties, and even helicopters to the scene of the disappearance. But no sign of Walton was found. Um, without any other leads, the crew members were under suspicion of murder. The other six crewmates, they did polygraph tests, and they all passed except one. Um, they asked him if they like harmed Travis or if they'd seen a UFO, and they all passed. The one that didn't pass, his results were actually inconclusive, so he didn't fail either. He just didn't pass. He just didn't yeah, pass, so yeah. Travis was gone, and there was no evidence as to what happened to him. So, obviously, Travis's family, well, they believed the worst. They thought for sure mm-hmm. that their son, their brother, had fallen victim to a murder conspiracy by his crewmates. Jeez. And they believed that they just murdered him and then hid his remains somewhere deep in the forest where they would never be found, which actually like is really chilling to think about because they that is freaky. Have done that. Like that's yeah, very and especially possible. that area is pretty undeveloped too. Like it's a lot of forest, so they totally thought he was dead, murdered viciously, and just disappeared forever. Oh, um, so that sad. is until Travis's brother Dwayne received an unanticipated phone call so five days and six hours after his abduction travis walton had wandered down a highway into the town of heber arizona and called home from a telephone booth Can and I that part that like, is my well yes. first of all that's my favorite part in the movie because it's so silly <laughs> when it shouldn't be <laughs> so you gotta watch the movie yeah so this like confused me though because i was like did the aliens like give him change to use like a oh my gosh you're right because he was naked right i think so um which i know the movie is not accurate the 
but yeah the movie he is but like i couldn't find the online sources didn't really like specify and like i don't think he ever says because i listened to quite a few like interviews of him but he doesn't say because if he was naked yeah where did he get the change (laughs) but listen it turns out i'm just dumb because apparently he did a collect call which i i guess yeah what the heck is a collect call i i had to google a collect call but it's where we're too young person (laughs) the person placing the call doesn't pay for the call instead the person who answers it foots the bill oh so i guess he did that and then his brother paid for it imagine how many times like (laughs) jealous ex-boyfriends or something would just like collect all their girlfriends i can't believe that was a thing i know it's it's weird to think about and also i don't even know how that worked like no how did they hunt down work the people and be like you owe us for this call listen i don't know this guy called you anything about phones give me 50 cents or else we're taking you to prison (laughs) exactly yeah so it's bizarre yeah so i was like so the aliens didn't give him he didn't even have money (laughs) but yeah it turns out i'm just dumb (laughs) anyway so for everyone by that that's what happened okay yeah so then his brother, Dwayne, immediately drove to pick up Travis in Heber. And then on the drive home, Dwayne told him that he'd been missing for five days, but Travis didn't believe him. Um, Travis said that he could only remember a combined two hours of time passing since he had been taken mm. from the clearing. So his brother had him feel his face and a beard of several days growth was there. So Travis was like, mm. oh, some time has passed. And then also he was 10 pounds lighter than what he had been five days ago when he disappeared. What's so... a secret? <laughs> Abduction. Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was all evidence that a lot of time had passed of which Travis had no memory. But that's probably good because the little that he did remember was terrifying. Pretty traumatic. Yeah. So he says he remembers the clearing and ducking behind the log. Um, He said the log was like eight to 10 feet from the spacecraft. So he remembers Mm. all that. But then the next thing he knew, he woke up in a dimly lit room laying on a table. He said that the room reminded him of like a hospital room, hospital table beds, you know. Mm -hmm. And he said the table was surrounded by three beings whom he describes as small and having very large eyes. He says that's probably why it was so dimly lit in there because their eyes were so big. Uh, I could say it's because they were embarrassed they were bald, but that too. (laughs) Yes. Um, So obviously he wakes up and sees these like creepy little creatures and he began to like fight his way out of the room. He, He rolled off the table and in the process he knocked off a piece of equipment that was resting on his chest. Um, so the equipment fell to the floor and he he left the room and he was like running down a hallway the hallway was also dimly lit everything was pretty dimly lit and he found a door maybe the aliens just the aliens just don't have lighting that's why they're coming to earth they they made the clearing glow oh pretty bright well that's why they have a dimly lit interior he he got (laughs) hit with a beam of light bro oh shoot i'm trying to help them out technology They're just little gongs. They're just, yeah, they're just embarrassed because they have little anime girl eyes and they're bald and, <laughs> you know. Yeah, pretty sad. 
Anyway, <laughs> hallway. <laughs> yeah, so he's running down the hallway, and then he found a door to another room. And then in that new room, he saw what appeared to be a human. He's Well, he thought it was a human, but he couldn't tell for sure because mm-hmm. they were wearing a, a helmet. Oh. Um, so he, he tried to talk to the human. The human made him feel like a little more calm. He's like, what's going on? What's happening? And then he said that the human didn't talk to him. But then the other little creatures came into the room and put a clear mask over his face and he fell unconscious again. Oh. So that part's always weird to me because it's like, why was the human with them? Yeah. And was it a human? Yeah. Was it like a decoy? What if it was like a scarecrow? It was just a like a. Like a mannequin. I just forgot the word. Thank you. It's like a mannequin dressed up (laughs) and they're like. We're going to have this guy be our scarecrow. I assume he moved or it moved the human thing. Yeah, because he always says like the three Mm. non-human and then like that there was one. The human. human. Yeah. Yeah. It's a conspiracy. That guy was actually on the alien side. He's in the government and he's hiding their secrets for them. He was the president. It's actually the... (laughs) Who was the president in the 70s? I have no idea. That is... Is it Clinton? It would be. <laughs> um, Wait, it was 75, yeah. then it was Gerald Ford. Oh, you don't hear about him that much. No, it's because he was with the aliens. Gerald Ford's there in a, a helmet. Gerald Ford was there and in a helmet. They put the mask over his face and he fell asleep again. Um, and then he says the next thing that he knew, he was awake on the side of the highway outside of town. And he followed the road. Um, and then he knocked at the first building he came to, but there was no answer. So he kept walking until he came to the phone booth and then made that call to his brother. Collect mm. call, which we now Collect all know call. what that is. Everyone yeah. add that to your daily vernacular and you'll be so much yeah. smarter. We all learned something today. Yeah. So then um, his brother, Dwayne, drove him to a hospital where he could recover. He said he drove to one in Tucson. So like that's a long drive. But he kind of just wanted to get him out of the area um, because people were curious. He didn't want him to be, like, interviewed and stuff while he was in, like, a delicate state. So he drove him pretty far away. It's, like, eight hours. Knowing Snowflake, it's a small town. Everyone knows everyone's business. Yeah. They already... If you have business like that, that, claiming abduction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People would not have left him alone. Yeah. So good move, honestly, on Dwayne's part. Yeah. So that Dwayne, he even told... He told some cops or the sheriff's office that he was taking them to uh, taking him to a hospital in Phoenix, and then actually mm. took him to one in Tucson. So he was, he was throwing everyone uh, off. off anyway, scent. so they told, yeah, they they like informed the cops and stuff that they found him, and so the search parties were called off and everything. And then, obviously, his coworkers were no longer suspected of murder, so that was good for them. Thank goodness. Which I can't even, I can't imagine that just being like five days of people thinking you murdered this man yeah and like because you only know thing some you people have as evidence it. is just to be like the it was an alien him. and it's like no because oh, i'm not so gonna lie if... no one's gonna believe that i just yeah like, exactly i was gonna say if someone told me like i promise he i didn't kill him it was an alien i'd be like you are guilty as heck yeah. like, you're so guilty yeah exactly but yeah, so after that, Travis just he went on to live a pretty quiet life with his family in Snowflake, Arizona. 
our town and he never denied his story and also his co-workers never denied it it's been 50 years Mm -hmm. and that's the craziest thing to me that like never once have they any of them like recanted anything. none of them yeah so it's like something obviously happened but i did was it actual aliens or was it drugs (laughs) (laughs) or was it drugs yeah one instance online where they said um there was an interview with mike rogers and where he supposedly said it was all a hoax but then Mike Rogers oh. later came out and he's like, no, they cherry picked my words and just kind of edited it to make it look like I said that. He's like, but I didn't. It was real. So can't trust the media. He recanted <laughs> that. Yeah, guys, don't listen to that. One. Except us. Except the us. Same dude. Yeah, just trust me. Trust and me. Bailey. <laughs> and Hunter, but you guys don't even know him yet. And Hunter. He's here in spirit, but you yeah. can trust him. Love you, Hunter. <laughs> but yeah, um, Oh, I thought this was interesting. Travis says he now believes the reason for his abduction is that he thinks the propulsion from the craft taking off is what knocked him over and that it seriously injured him. And so the aliens felt kind of responsible for that. And so they took him for five days and they were healing him. They didn't want to be charged with vehicular manslaughter. Yeah, exactly. They were just covering their tracks. They're like, hit and run. No. Yeah. Can you imagine though, like if if the aliens hadn't taken Travis and he had actually died there, for Ooh. sure his friends would have been oh. locked up. That would have been so bad. Because it was probably, it would have been like internal bleeding that like killed Trauma, him. You know? blunt force. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We're glad you lived, Travis. We think you're a great guy. Anyway. Big fan. But yeah, so, so he, thinks he, he thinks he just, he would have died if the alien doctors didn't help him out. Um, I think it's worth noting that he also passed polygraph tests about his experience and the year in Mm. 1975 that for that year, his UFO story won best UFO story of the year, um, in the national Enquirer. And there was like a cash prize. Yeah. I read online that it was supposed to be like a hundred thousand dollars for best UFO story of the year, but they ended up getting $5,000. What? And he split it with like the crewmates, so they each got That's less than a thousand bucks. Yeah, so it's like, why would he even? But maybe like, anyway, I'll talk about this later. I was like, actually no, I see. I was it. thinking about that. Yeah, so they only got five thousand dollars, but they did win best UFO story of the year, which is pretty cool. And then he went on to write a book about his experience, and the book was called The Walton Experience. And then that book was adapted mm. into a movie called fire in the sky fire in the sky and it's the movie that bailey's been talking about this whole time with him naked and stuff with it it's so fun and not because of the naked part even though that is a fun part but not the way you think on the map (laughs) that's exactly it that's my favorite part of the movie is it's it makes snowflake look like a dumpster fire hick town (laughs) and like it kind of is in a way but but like it definitely does not represent stuff like well and it's the funniest thing because when I watched it <laughs> when I tried. was younger I was like this is like did they even get anyone to walk out to Snowflake <laughs> because it's nothing try. like it they just heard yeah. like small town Arizona they're like okay cool we're gonna have a really crappy grocery store with stuff written on the window and dirt and I was like, okay, we have that- like three grocery stores first they of did all that town from cars 
Yes. They're like, that's what they all look like, right? All the Arizona towns. And Snowflake. Yeah. And everyone wears pit clothes and we have bad hair and bad teeth. Exactly. Ugh, the worst. It's the funniest thing look ever. I lost my mind. <laughs> look at us. Great hair, great teeth. <laughs> wow. Anyway, um, but you've yeah, got to watch that movie. I know. I, I've seen part of it, but I haven't watched all of it. I was going to watch it before this episode, but then I was like, everything online said that it wasn't very accurate so i didn't want to like yeah it's not muddy the waters in my brain i wanted to keep the story clear while telling it yeah so no you're that's a good idea it's not a good movie but it's a good movie you know (laughs) but it's great it's a great movie um walton he did like a he's done like press tours and stuff so he's been on a lot of like talk shows and podcasts he was on the joe rogan experience which is very interesting. Yes. I didn't, I didn't listen so to all of that one, but um, mainly to him telling like his his abduction story is what I was uh-huh. most interested in because that's the story I'm telling today. So I listened to that part. Um, he was on like Larry King Live and stuff, so he did get quite a bit of publicity. moment of truth. Yes, that's a show he was I on that. Is this that crazy old show? Yeah, and they he actually failed that polygraph though yeah i was gonna say where they hook you up to a polygraph and they ask you questions Live but he TV, did fail yep. that one yep um yeah so that's the story of travis walton um real quick i wanted to share this i just found this random like reddit story on the paranormal reddit it was mm. put up by pardon my nerdity nerd no nerdity Part of my nerdity. <laughs> I feel like nerdity sounds better. I like nerdity. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so I'm just going to read that one real quick just because it adds a bit to the story as well. So it says yeah. on November 5th, 1975, which is the day that um, Travis Walton was abducted, my parents were on their way to dinner at a restaurant in North Phoenix and had stopped to get some gas. Looking to the north, you can see the north rim, I believe, of the White Mountains. White Mountains is where Heber and Snowflake are. Mm. Um, my parents could see this dome-shaped reddish glow over those mountains as they were watching the Mm. light died away my dad went in to pay and asked the attendant about any news reports of a forest fire in that area the the attendant said that there hadn't been any obviously a forest fire doesn't die away like a light going out at least I've never heard of that happening there were no reports about the light seen in the mountains that night and my parents forgot all about it until the movie Fire in the Sky came out and Travis Walton was making Travis Walton was making the interview rounds again. That was the first time I heard that story from my parents. And yeah, that's so crazy. Wow. I mean, that's another experience of people being like, yeah, I saw that too. By the way, so, something weird did happen. Yeah. And then no, just, I, there's a lot of, oh, sorry. No, no, keep going, keep going. <laughs> I was going to say, like, even like in this like Reddit thread, there's a lot of people who have like heard walton speak at like conferences and stuff and they just talk about how these the dude's always just like terrified how he's not a good public speaker how he seems very like unwilling to be in the spotlight almost and Mm. that like just like his you can kind of see his trauma like as he's like telling his story and so i feel like everyone who at least i found online that have like heard him in person they're like i believe him because after That's the thing is after like seeing him and like listening to him in person, they're like, "How can you not like look at this man? He's just like him. seems like a genuinely like good dude. Just kind of soft spoken and like exactly nice man. He is. 
And because you hear, like, you're growing up in Snowflake, when you hear about Travis Walton, you picture, like, this, like, eccentric, weird, out there, like, very loud person. He's not like that. Remember the first time I saw him, I was like, wait, that that's him? Yeah. <laughs> he was just so... This is, this is gonna sound mean but you hear someone get abducted by aliens you think they're gonna look so strange but he was so normal yeah yeah and it's just interesting because people you know they'll try to discredit the thing like oh monetary gain or fame and mm-hmm. first of all he did not get like any money from it no one yeah very few people in snowflake have a lot of money first of all <laughs> second of all <laughs> yeah the only like fame he gained is people thinking he's crazy like crazy, why would you yeah. want that to be your story yeah exactly so i'm yeah i mean i'm not saying aliens are real i don't totally disbelieve in aliens i'm not saying everything that happened was true but he definitely believes it was i don't think he's lying about any of that that's what i think too i think whether it's true or not he believes it is Mm -hmm. and i think that's why he's so convincing in his retellings because that man will swear up and down that he was abducted abducted by aliens which maybe he was who's to say who knows we weren't there yeah but yeah oh i just wanted to say real quick also that the um the telephone booth that he called from is now like a tourist attraction it's oh, really yeah. funny because there's like green aliens that have the been, little like, aliens out of stumps yeah and they're, they just like put them in the telephone booth and like one of them one of the aliens is holding a sign that says casa ramos fine mexican food so, oh my god <laughs> i thought that was funny <laughs> You know, that's amazing advertising, though. Yeah. I, can't go- I mean, I, we should go. We should go to I was going to say, we've we lived, like, half an hour away from Why did our we whole never lives, go and we never took a picture. To the phone booth. Oh. we got to go to the phone booth. Next time we're in Arizona, we're doing it. Yes. Well, next time I'm going to be in Incredible. Arizona for our brother's wedding. But I won't be in northern Arizona. Ah, oh, shucks. Yeah, shucks. Okay, well, it's happening Sunday. But maybe, like, <laughs> next year. Maybe next. Well, next we'll time we're up. gonna have to do our freaking ten year reunion. So, yeah, wait, is that next from year? high school? No, that's in two years. Yeah. Oh wait. Yeah, yeah. we're in twenty twenty three. Oh my god, yeah. eight years. <gasps> yeah, we're so not old. into that. Anyway, I just thought the phone booth thing was funny. That is um, hilarious. Yeah. That's uh, that's the story of Travis Walton. Amazing job. Amazing. Thank job. you. Every time Thanks. I hear it, it's, it's like my the first, first time. time. <laughs> it's my first time. First podcast, you're like a natural. Oh, Thanks. I, the, so like I, I was saying at the beginning when I was introducing myself, I love all things weird and creepy. And one of my best friends growing up, her name is Haley. She was also into the really weird Hi, stuff. Haley. Hi, Haley. Big shout out. Friend of the podcast, maybe. Yes. <laughs> Friend of us, if nothing else. But we were super into like paranormal things, ghost things, aliens. Our favorite thing to do was go home yes. and watch ghost videos on YouTube and watch reruns of I Survived. That was all we did. <laughs> so funny. So, it was strange, but we got really into the whole Travis Walton story when we found out that there was a movie on it and we found out that her grandpa actually lived really close to where the fire in the sky event happened, like where he was abducted. So Ooh, Haley, Haley's grandpa. Was, yeah, Haley's grandpa, yes. Okay, yeah. Her, so when we found out he lived close there, Haley was like, we've got to go see this place. I can't, I think yeah. we were in seventh or eighth grade. It was in middle school. And Aww, little babies. Little us, thinking we were cool because we liked weird things. But 
we so we drove to Heber, we visited her her grandpa, and when everyone else was playing in the pond, which was like the point to go there was to have like a pond day and play with the families, me and Haley were like, no, no, we're taking the four-wheelers and we want to go see a fire in the sky abduction site. <laughs> and so Classic. I don't remember who we convinced to take us out. It might've been one of Haley's brothers or a cousin, but one of the older kids went with us and we drove out there on the four-wheelers and it was the craziest thing because when we pulled up I had like full body chills because it's just mm-hmm. like a circle of nothing growing there's nothing there not even and, like grass see that's what I can't totally remember if it was like dead grass or just dirt I just remember yeah. it was weird because it's in the middle of a forest so there are trees all around it but in this one area there was nothing and Jeez. so I text Haley about it the other day which shout out Haley I didn't tell you you were going to be <laughs> in this podcast, but here you are. <laughs> here you I texted are. her the other day and was like, do you remember this? And she was saying, yes, that was my family's favorite place to go camping because it's totally flat ah. and you have to clear out the ground. <laughs> That's so her really family scary. went multiple times and they camped out at the fire in the sky spot. But wow. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe because it was like a lumber site that has something to do with why things aren't growing there. But it's weird that it's like a circle and there's nothing there. Yeah, Travis also said that, like, it was a part of the woods that they hadn't worked on at all. Like, they oh, were interesting. like, a clearing, too. Like, it was, like, so, yeah, I, further on. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm not <laughs> saying everything is real, but it's weird. It makes you think, at least. I don't know if it's still yeah. like that. If, anyone, if anyone's been out to that site lately and wants to tell me, I would love a follow-up because I'm not going anytime soon. But I just that was, like, a formative moment for me as a kid. So I was like, holy crap, this happened. <laughs> this That's alien so happened. Creepy. It was so creepy. Yeah. On the whole ride home, I felt like I was being watched because I was like, the aliens came. Ooh. It was freaky, but it's and really cool. Like on a four-wheeler. Very exactly. Exposed. We were so vulnerable. That beam of light could have got us easy. Oh, man. Um, Travis did say that at one point, someone brought like a Geiger counter out. Did show like some radio stuff so that's i mean so i only weird. heard but that's what he he mentioned that in one of the interviews i listened to so there's that See, it's I don't just know. things like that it's just it's just interesting yeah i've wild. also heard and once again i don't know if this is like a reliable source i just mm-hmm. heard it like growing up that like that night that they were out and getting abducted they were probably really high or drunk or like stoned something Mm-hmm. so they were probably just tripping yeah but it's still weird that all that happened you know what I mean like there's a lot of unexplained things that you t- it just makes you wonder it's interesting to yeah. think about I mean, even if you think... don't believe in aliens it's interesting yeah even if it was them tripping it's like how did they all see that have the same trip <laughs> they saw the same thing yeah exactly and then also like that man was gone have for five story. days he five lost days. 10 pounds and yeah. the thing about that, like being lost in those woods too, like not being, especially if he wasn't fully conscious, like how was he able to survive Yeah, <laughs> for five days without being aware? Yeah, for real. I don't know. It's just anyway, crazy. You, you never know. I did you hear, um, lots of people say that this story has been like debunked and the most popular... I guess, 
hoax explanation is that um well i'll just i'll just go into it so apparently travis walton had previously talked to his like crewmates saying that he wanted to meet aliens Mm. and then that he and some of his other crewmates had just recently watched um the ufo incident which was like um a tv special talking about an alien abduction mm-hmm. so that was like recently aired on tv they've like corroborated that with like the air dates of of the special and stuff and then well, the thought is that travis and his brother Dwayne cooked up the hoax with the help of mike rogers the leader of the of the lumber crew mm-hmm. um, because they said because they wanted to win the national Enquirer's cash prize for best ufo story of the year oh yeah so, that measly five thousand dollars yeah which <laughs> was only five grand but okay and then they say that that day travis and mike went missing from the work site for a few hours so earlier in the day before mm. he was abducted and then they also say that three of the crew got um yeah they they got stoned during their lunch break three of the other crew members supposedly okay so it's like and I don't then, know if I just made that up or if I actually heard it somewhere, but I was pretty sure I heard it. So that's good yeah. to know. Yeah. So then, after work, well, Mike also had the crew work late that day. Um, so usually mm-hmm. they end before dark, but this day they worked a couple hours later than usual. So it was dark on the drive home, and then he was driving along the road, and they stopped when they saw that that UFO. Um. And then Travis jumped out for the look. And they say that the UFO was actually Gentry Tower, um, which is just a tower like in in the woods set to. It's mm. I feel like um I think the Forest Service people, the Rangers. Rangers use those, just kinda like look out. It's something oh, okay. to do with taking care of the forest, you know, those little mm-hmm. towers those that they use. Yeah. Yeah. So they say that it was actually just Gentry Tower lit up from the inside. Um, probably by his brother Dwayne so Travis got out of the truck and then someone in the tower probably his brother shined a blue like spotlight flashlight at him and Travis jumped backwards and, and fell over and then Mike was the one driving the car so he was like hyping up the other dudes making them all panicked and so he drove away and then he said he drove away and then for a little bit um they waited and watched and then says that he when he drove them back to the clearing he actually drove them back to a different clearing um one where the tower was not so then when they called the cops and stuff of course they didn't find any like they didn't find any evidence of him going missing or anything no footprints and stuff because Mm -hmm. supposedly it was a different clearing it wasn't even the right spot and then um, they just think that the that Travis just like hid out in that tower and they never found it because it was like a completely different area. And then, yeah, they the crew was convinced that they saw UFOs, which was good for their credibility because there were so many people who saw it mm-hmm. and actually believed it. But then also the people in on it were able to kind of drive like all the hysteria and stuff behind it. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what they did. Oh, I guess the, 
I guess the National Enquirer, yeah, it was supposed to be a $100,000 prize, but um, there was a polygraph that Travis didn't pass. He did pass, um, I think, a few polygraphs, but this one specifically that the National Enquirer gave him, he didn't pass. So they just gave him $5,000. That's why it was less. Interesting. Yeah. So that's interesting. But yeah, so that's like the main like hoax explanation. I do still think that like, I think Travis believes he was abducted. I think so too. I, I don't. I don't know. Like, who would just sit? I mean, it's it's definitely possible. But like, five days like in a watchtower. Five days in a tower, and he he lost ten pounds. Yeah, like why would you put yourself through that? Just I yeah, don't know. and then also to like ruin your life, your credibility, just forever. Oh yeah, because you then, know everyone in town still kind of you know it's like it's yeah, Travis it's Walton. Like he's the, the alien, alien guy. Like he he's not his yeah. own person anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like that's gonna follow him through any career, any yeah, yeah any job opportunity he wanted, any relationships he's pursuing. Anywhere he moves, oh, he's, he's the alien guy. Yeah. Oh, it's that guy. He's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I why don't would know you think that the payoff would have been worse? All of that, but anyway, that's that's up for I guess our listeners to decide <laughs> if they think it was yeah. real. Or fake, and I, I I am interested in people's opinion because I know most people like agree it's fake, but I feel like a lot of people mm-hmm. from Snowflake are of the mindset of, yeah, we don't think it's it real. happened, but we believe that he believes it happened. Yeah, that's what, that's where I'm leaning. Uh huh. Mm, I I'm hesitant to say that because I do like freaking aliens and stuff. I know like, I want it to be true. <laughs> I want it to be true. But, I want little bald men with big anime eyes to be true. Yes. And a human in a helmet. And especially because yeah. the thought that they 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 abducted him to save his life. Like, that's a nice thought. There's caring that's aliens nice. out there watching over us, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're just like our guardian angels in the sky. Exactly. And we know UFOs are real. Because yes. they've been confirmed by the military multiple times. Thank you, government. Thank you, government, yes. for one thing. I, so yeah that's how that's how I feel too I just like I think he is convinced it happened I think the crew mm-hmm. members are convinced it happened um, yes. unless except the ones that maybe were in on the hoax maybe they're keeping it secret unless it's not a hoax but yeah I think that's why those those dudes those dudes have never come out and just been like yeah I didn't see aliens they've always yeah it was a joke yeah they've been crazy firm on saying that they have seen them they're just regular guys Exactly. Like, and imagine, men. I would crack so fast if people were oh calling me like, "You're a liar. You're crazy. You're weird." That didn't you're happen. a murderer. Like, they're being mean to me. Like, exactly. I would be like, "Yeah, you're right. It was a joke. I'm so sorry." Yeah. Like I would rat. I'm, a- I'm not a rat, but I would be a rat. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not a rat. Yeah, that's another thing though. Like, if you were ever to come out or any of them and be like, "Yeah, it was a hoax," they'd probably get in a lot of trouble. Because they spent a yeah. lot of, like, man hours and resources. Like, they had helicopters come out looking for him. And I feel like oh, you probably get jail time or something for that. So, but I mean, that's another... Is there, like, a statue of limitations on, <laughs> on reporting fake crime? On, on alien abduction? Waste, wasting government resources? I don't know. Probably not. Because they probably care more about that than, than like, you know, rapists and stuff. Rape. You know, the actual bad Murder. things 
But yeah, that is our uh, Travis Walton story. Anything, anything else you'd like to add? I think we covered most things I want to say. I just want to put in one more plug to watch Fire in the Sky because it will change your life. <laughs> We're yeah, gonna have I, a watch party, okay? Yeah, I definitely will. Um, and if yeah, you're from like Snowflake, said, especially, so what? funny. It's so much funnier so when you're from the place funny. it's supposedly filmed in. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thanks for listening to Spookish today. You can support yes, our podcast you. by leaving a review or rating. And if you have any spookish, spookish experiences you'd like to share with us, please send them to our email, spookishpodcast at gmail.com. And um, you might have the chance to hear your experience read on our podcast at some point. Um, so, yeah, until next time, stay spookish.